Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, I am talking about apathy and narcissists, how not to feed the narcissists. We're going to get into that deep, but first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Question for you. Yes. I, I think my new my new line when I start is going to be, question for you. <laughs> right. Um, what happened to my donut? No, just kidding. Um, if you listened to last week's episode, that was the, the joke, but all right. Anyway, I do have actually a question for you. Mm -hmm. Now, I might have mentioned this a couple of times, but I have been finding lately, even more so, that you know I do all the scheduling for the readings mm -hmm. and the email readings, the phone readings, et cetera. And what I've been finding is that when I schedule them, and usually it's two. So a reading day is two readings uh, and then you're tapped out. So, But what I've been finding is that it's kind of like the same person or maybe the same energy when I schedule these people. So, you know, let's say you do, do two readings and then, you know, when you're done, you come out, I'm just like, hey, how did it go? Then you don't talk to me for like 30 minutes till yeah, you come I back to normal. I need talking time. Yeah. You, yeah. You watch your <laughs> vampire diaries. <laughs> Have something to eat, yeah. and then you can finally tell me, oh, you know, it was great. This is, you know, this happened. It was great. Like, I'll say, like, this was the commonality or this was the connection. Right. And it always seems like it's the same type of story for the two people. Like, maybe they're just let's make up some stuff. Like, maybe they're both going through like, a divorce. Let me just make or, this clear. Yeah. I don't tell you about the readings. No. Because this no. is like very, like, <laughs> like, I don't go into details or, hey, no, no, no. Just, this uh, this happens. It's, right. I get themes yeah, from. Yeah. It's just the theme. It's of the like reading. there's right. always a theme, yeah. is what you're trying to say. Yeah. So there's always like a theme. Like, okay, for just for example, like, let's say they're both going through divorce, or maybe they both just quit their job, or, you know, they, they both, I don't know, are looking for the answers to life, but it always seems that they're the same. Like it's so, so what's weird is like, because you just started doing this since you stopped, since you quit your job, since you stopped teaching, you just, yeah, you so started, it's, been a couple, it's been a couple years. Though. Yeah. It's been a couple years. Yeah. So before this, when I was doing it myself, I would be like, Hey, why are all the readings? There's always like a theme, like everyone's yellow aura today or everyone's breaking up with their boyfriend or every, it was weird. Like whatever the reading day was, they always had some sort of running, overall theme in common and i thought well, maybe it's just me you know and then you took over and i start and the same thing's happening and these are strangers like we don't know them like you stick them you just happen to stick them on the time slots that works out for everybody and it's the same thing so even yesterday it was like two indigos that lost their dad back to back so it's just it's so crazy that like and, and so i was questioning i'm like what is this like what is this yeah and there really is only one place to go to find the answer to this. Yes. And that is TikTok. <laughs> Apparently it's TikTok now. Because that's where you find answers to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's original and that's where you go if you want expert advice. But anyway, <laughs> so actually you do you do have like a new little TikTok series that you're actually doing. Yeah. Um, your handle is The Mystic Michaela, mm -hmm. not Mystic Michaela like on all your other right, platforms. Right, it's The Mystic Michaela. Right, we had like some issues I think with TikTok early on where, right, it was Mystic Michaela that it got botched. You right? know, I, I purple bombed TikTok like a yeah. hundred times before I finally figured it out, but now it's The Mystic Michaela. Okay, so you, and then you said you were doing like some sort of little series on there. Yeah, so you can do like a little series, like, you know, my playlist. So I, I, I don't know, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do my something because so many weird things happen to me and um if i'm thinking about it i'll just grab my phone and make a tiktok about it and so i just i'm like i'll make it a series so it's life of a psychic diaries um and, and most of them i'm not wearing makeup because i'm just doing 
just like, here we go. Like this weird thing happened or whatever. But I did. I posted about this thing, this phenomena on the TikTok. And I, and I asked you guys, I'm like, hey, what is going on? What do you think's going on? Right. Okay. So here are some of the responses that you got. Really cool responses. To that TikTok. Um, all right. So Realtor Kelly says, you were supposed to read them together so it's easier on you. I've thought this because it's interesting because the the, the connections will be so... And it's weird because sometimes when I'm doing a reading, I always step out of it. But sometimes when there's a common thread between them, I step so out of it. And it's almost... It's like an out-of-body experience or something. So, yeah, it is a little easier for back-to-back when it's like, oh, my gosh, it's like the same thing again. And it makes sense to both of them. It's weird. It's, just, it is, it's so weird. It, it really is. Yes. Um, all right. Respectfully, Gabby has another theory. Mm-hmm. She says, my suspicion is that Scott is a wizard and he's doing it on purpose as a joke. Whoa. Well, hmm, let me think about that. Now – yeah, that probably is something that I would do, <laughs> but no, I, I truly am not doing that. Um, so, nope, that, that one's out, I think. All right, the next one is from Cosmic Laundry. My theory is that their commonality comes from common aspects that are getting activated at the same time, leading them to get readings around the same day. That blows my mind, because like... What does that even mean? Like, you know, the planets align, Okay. and for whatever reason, those dates are bringing in certain vibes and you're just, you're, you're seeing the patterns of the vibes. So like what, let's say I have, you know, somebody there's breakup energy and you don't know, like, and the wait list for the readings long. And then once you get a reading, it's like a year after that. So you don't really know when you book the reading, like what's going to go on with you or what's going yeah, on with well, you the day you get the reading, which is interesting. Cause a lot of times like back to back, they will be out oh, where they're um, quitting their jobs. Yeah. Back, and it's like, what? Like, is this like a quitting their job date or something? Like, did the planets align? Is it astrology? Is it like, yeah, I've that's that that could be it. Yeah, I mean, but that is also weird that you actually mentioned that because I, when I book them, I'm usually booking them twelve to fifteen months out. Yes. So it's like a year and change. So later. it's weird, like on that that's day, crazy. like they're moving, like two people are moving at the yeah. same time or, or something like that, or they're relocating or geographical re- relocations. There's so many different things that weren't going on when they booked it, but are going on now. And then it's back to back, two strangers going through the same thing. Yeah. That's kind of okay. cool. That's kind of cool. All right. Canadian Bully Farm writes, maybe it's a lesson for you as the reader for whatever the takeaway was from the reading. Therefore, you can think more on it and pass it on to the Mystic Michaela spiritual family. That's, you know, that's interesting, actually, because I will get topics from my readings. Like when I do a back-to-back reading and whatever the overall common theme is, I'm like, that'd be a really cool episode. Or that's something I could, that's what I got from this episode, like, that we're doing today. Um, Like, what a great, what a great topic for everybody. Or, or this is a great lesson from spirit that I would love to share with, with more people. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Another person writes, Spirit sending you little confirmations that you're doing the right thing. Oh, could that's be. cool. Yeah, it could be. It, just, it, does, it does feel like some – you just get you get that feeling there's something bigger than us when something like this happens, kind of watching over or controlling things. Yeah. Maybe it's because we're always more connected than we think. Oh, uh, that is so true. We are so connected, all of us, and we often – and in the 5D, you know, where a lot of – where when you're getting a reading – a lot of these messages come from that realm. It makes sense because yeah. we are all connected. So it's kind of cool. And, and sometimes if you're the second reading, I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's so weird. Like I'll tell you, usually 
if it comes up like so weird the person right before you was a nurse too or the person right before you it's like so weird i want to know this is my question for all of you listening does this happen in your job because it can't just be in this like, does it happen if you're a nurse or you're an HR or you're, I don't know, whatever you do? Yeah, it can't just be It can't this. just be this. Like, it, like maybe you're in customer service and every customer had the same issue today. I don't know. Like, it, it can't just be me experiencing this. There has to be other patterns and shifts. Okay. Well, it's interesting. All right. So if you do want to take, check out your TikTok, The Mystic Michaela, I also, believe it or um, not, have a TikTok. I think you'll I, quit it by the time you... No, no, no. We, we made a bet. <laughs> We did. We, we made did. a bet. Scott and I made a bet. And I just want to tell you, it's a secret TikTok. Nobody knows it. I have actually zero followers, and I follow one person. I think you had one view on your one video. Yeah. Well, it went up. I have seven views now. Oh. And I follow one person. That's you. I follow the Mystic Michaela. <laughs> and I have, I have three likes. So, yeah. So it says 103 as my thing. But, Great. yes, we do have a bet that I have to make a video uh, for 30 days. Well, 30 I don't videos. care if you do. It's kind of like a... <laughs> you have the, you're okay. We started rewatching Seinfeld on Netflix, and Kramer always has these like side plots, right? You know, and I and that's you because, like, out of nowhere, you're like, I'm gonna make a TikTok that's well, don't tell them, don't tell okay. them. Like, it's secret, it's top secret. That's no, satirical. I was it's gonna say satirical, a satirical yeah. sit- TikTok, yes, and I'm like, Scott, you're not. You're going to dump this in like three videos. You don't have the stamina, and you're like, that's not true. And I'm like, you are. And so uh, then well, we made a bet. I've already made two. So I right at this time, I've got two videos. We'll see. I've only posted one. We'll see. Yeah. Seven, seven views <laughs> already. Already seven views. Okay. All right. We have uh, two ads. And then when we come back, you're going to talk about what it feels like when you're doing a reading and that person is a narcissist. You've probably noticed, but the ultimate cool girl look is a fully loaded and stacked earscape. If that feels a little intimidating, then you need to go check out Studs. After all, they coined the term earscape. Studs is the go-to authority for piercings and earrings, and they can help you curate an earscape based on your own anatomy and style. Personally, my earscape is a little limited because I have really sensitive ears and before, like, Studs has honestly been a revolutionary product for me that I just discovered. They're a new sponsor for us. And it's amazing. It is, I can wear these earrings. I don't even know they're in my ears. That's how gentle and amazing they are. I don't know how they do it, but it's amazing. Studs is reimagining the piercing experience for each and every ear. Want to refresh your look with a new piercing or need pro styling advice? You can shop online which is what I do, or you can stop into the studs in LA, New York City, Austin, Nashville, Miami, or Boston, Seattle, with more coming soon. Want to get a new or even a first-time piercing, but you feel a little scared? Fear not. Studs only pierces with single-use needles, never guns. So it's way safer and better, especially for those advanced piercings. Studs earrings are made from high-quality materials, which won't turn your skin green. Seriously. Plus, they're lightweight and durable enough to wear all the time. I wear mine all the time. I don't even know they're in there. You can even sleep and work out in them. I do. Studs has over 250 styles of hoops, huggies, studs, cuffs, and dangles, and they pierce way more than just lobes, so it's easy to create a statement look or something you keep in every day, starting at just $10 per earring. Right now, Studs is offering our listeners 20% off your first purchase when you go to www.studs.com. 
dot com slash KYA. Go to studs, S-T-U-D-S dot com slash KYA for 20% off your first purchase. You're going to want to check it out. That's studs.com slash KYA. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. And for those that haven't, I want to tell you about the incredible results I'm seeing since using my customized Pros products. Overall, I've seen a lot of improvements in the shine and how smooth and soft my hair has gotten, but I really do love the custom curl cream. Uh, it, I naturally have curly hair and when I use it, it just, I put it in and it dries and it just really works with my natural hair and looks, looks good. It doesn't look messy. It looks how it's supposed to. Um, Pros knows there's more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. I mean, I was surprised the kind of questions they asked. They're very specific, like what my zip code is, um, what kind of uh, food I'm eating, uh, if I exercise or whatever. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros then determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Pros also has a review and refine feature, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason. Like if I have a change of address or my I treat my hair or my diet. So, so I had my hair done and I just put it in there and it let me tweak because of that. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. So Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash aura. That's pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash aura for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. This is great news. Mm -hmm. My secret TikTok account is blowing up. Whoa. Just (laughs) after you did those two ads. so crazy because it's... My views are now at 14. That's nuts. 14 views. I still have zero followers and I only follow one person. That's amazing. But my TikTok is looking better. Each and every we'll see. minute we'll by see. the minute. We'll see how it goes. Viral is coming. All right. Well, another question for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and actually this, this is a question we were going to uh, yoga and on mm-hmm. the way to yoga, I just kind of like, and you told me what the topic was today mm-hmm. and what you're going to be talking about. And it just kind of hit me like, what if, you know, cause we, you do a lot of work with, you know, talking about narcissists and, and paths and things like that. And I'm like, well, what if you're, you get a reading, you're, you know, the person that you're reading is the narcissist. Yeah. What do you do then? Or how? What, what, what's that even like? This happened more early on. It doesn't oh. really happen anymore. Okay. Because I got better at finding them. Well, the <laughs> like first... To, to like, like weeding it out or something? Yeah. Well, the first... And I'm going to talk about this coming up. The okay. first thing is not everyone's like a narcissist. Right. Like sometimes they're just difficult or self-centered or kind of like a jerk <laughs> or like going through something. So sure. not not everyone is a narcissist. Sometimes right. people are a little selfish. Yeah, like so even like say I came to you for a reading. Oh, stop. <laughs> you know, I don't view myself as a, a narcissist, but I right. might have like some like little tendencies. Yeah. Where I <laughs> <laughs> Well, like honestly, we're all and I don't 
I don't believe there's like little baby narcissists are born. Like you give right. birth to a little baby narcissist. You know what I mean? Like there's little malignant narcissist bundles of joy being gifted to us. I really yeah, don't yeah. believe that. I feel like it's something that happens to people. Right. But I do also feel like we all have something in us. And maybe it's just survival or something that can be a little narcissistic. So it's, so there's narcissists that are, and I'm, and I'm going to talk about this. I'm not a professional or anything like that, but the way I use the term, like some people are like full blown right. horrific. And, and I'm going to talk about how I All right. define so, okay. that. So, but, yeah. And that, and that is my question. I, yeah. I want to know like if this, like, and I think the correct term is malignant narcissist. That's a, the psychological term or whatever. Let's say you get one of those. And like you said, you don't get them often, yeah. very rare. Right. But it happens. Yeah, because I can see the good in anybody. Right. That's kind of the thing because I get it because I'm seeing through spirit's yeah. perspective. So anybody I read, I see their their goodness. And with the malignant, like the, with the, and I've had a couple, and with them, there's like a broken child inside. Okay. And the best way I can describe it is they're locked in a room inside of them. And I try to get to them. It's like the gauntlet to get there, and it's just never going to happen. And that's what it feels like to read a narcissist. Now, the last narcissist, because now I can spot them. I can I I see them in an email. Really? I don't. Yeah, I don't read everybody. Like like because you do the scheduling, so some I'll look at the emails, and if somebody gives me, yeah, I told you, like yeah. Scott, don't yeah. nope, we're not doing that person. Why you don't even question me anymore? You're just like okay, <laughs> okay. It doesn't happen a lot, but I can pick them out with them. So so with emails like so, the tone. So you're just saying like. An email comes through, just for you know, for the listener here. Yeah. An email comes through, and just by and even if it's like let's say two sentences or three sentences, you could get the feeling. Yeah. That, wow, this person is yep. like the full blown narcissist, yes. not the tendency. No, the, you can it, get that. It's a bad feeling, you and can I can get, get that right off and, the bat. And I'll tell you why. I do better with that before I see their picture because then I start feeling bad for them. Okay. So honestly, like the email, just the words, like I'll get the feeling through that, and. To give you what that is, it's kind of when someone's trying to control their image of, of themselves to you. That's what the real bad narcissists do. They're controlling how they present, how your your perception of them. Anyway, so the last one I I got stuck with, and this is why this is you're talking the, about years. This ago. is years ago. I want to say Abby wasn't born yet. So this could be like seven years ago. I believe this is... I think I was pregnant. This was in-person reading time too, right? Yeah. And this is another reason why I don't do in-person readings anymore because this was scary. And not that like you're any of you are scary. This was a guy, first of all. Okay. And it was someone's husband and oh, this was bad. And he came to the house. I'm like, okay. And I don't want to say a lot of details because he's local, but let's just say he did a job in the community that everyone was like, wow, what a hero. All right. So he had a job like that. Okay. And he came to the house um, and he, he, oh, hello, very polite, over the top, charming. I'm like, okay, I think I was pregnant. Yes, I was. I was pregnant with Abby. And so I'm alone in the house because you would just leave, you know, right. at that time. Well, I would take, I would take Brie. You could take Brie and yep. go. Yep. Um, so I'm alone in the house. I'm like, okay. And he immediately, something's off. And I felt it. I'm like, oh my God. And I felt immediately like, you have to say it, what this guy wants to hear, not the truth. And that is a feeling that you get with narcissists. You, there's this feeling that they need their own reality, I guess, given back to them. 
the way that they perceive it. So you have to say everything that they want you to say. So anyways, he was che- he was married with two kids and he was cheating on his wife with another woman who had children. And he was doing this, it was like a two-year relationship. And he wanted to hear that this was okay. And he wanted to hear that he was a, he was the victim, really. And he wanted to hear that it wasn't his fault. He wanted to hear all these things, that he was a good guy and that it just, and it was his, and it was almost like this other woman's fault, like, because she bewitched him and he's in It was almost like he was a helpless, uh, passive participant in his own life. Like I, these women, like my wife wants this for me and I have to do all these things for her. And then this, my, you know, my girlfriend, she's, she's expecting me to be all these people and I'm just me, you know, and, and he just wanted me and he was getting intense and more intense and more intense. And he started like walking around the house, which is weird. Cause I do the, I would do the readings like right at my dining room table. And he was like getting up and walking all over my house and pacing and he was getting louder and louder and I was scared. I felt I never felt like that in a reading before like I was actually scared at the, at that point like and it was weird because when I met him he was this charming hero citizen, you know, polite gentlemanly man. And then 30 minutes into the reading he's ranting and yelling about his life and raving and honestly then I just obviously I shut down because I'm like, oh my God, like I'm pregnant. I'm alone. I need to get this out of the house. And I didn't think it was going to hurt me or anything, but I did feel like it wasn't right. Like it was, yeah. it was all not, everything was wrong. Yeah. And to get him out of the house, I'm like, yep, you're right. hundred percent. Okay. Bye. You know, like, oh, please go, whatever you want to hear, just get out of here. Yeah. And that's, that, that was that's, bad. That's crazy. All right. I'm- but there were a lot of warning signs I missed when he made the appointment. Okay. And you were doing the appointments at that time. Yeah. As well. And there was so many warning signs. And honestly, because you, of that. Do you remember any by chance yeah. or no? What was yeah. like a warning sign? Uh, persistence. Okay. Um, another one was, uh, I'll pay you any amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I, money's not an object. I'll pay you any amount. It's like, listen, I have a fee schedule. You don't have to pay me any amount of money. You know what I mean? It's weird. Right, like, right, right. like, okay. Like, I don't need you to like, um, any time is convenient. That's convenient for you. I'll be there. Um, and kind of over the top, like, can I bring anything to the appointment? Uh, do okay. you need anything? Can, can I help you with that? Yeah, it's like, no, like, ew, like boundary crossing. It was weird. Yeah. All right. Could I go deep? Yeah. Um, I want to go deep here. For okay. And I want to bring it to you. Yeah. And spirit now. Yeah. Okay. So this, this again, this happened a while ago. Yeah. Doesn't okay. happen often. I mean, our li- I haven't the, had one in a long time. Yeah. We're, we're just talking about this small, small percentage that, you know, and I know some of our listeners sometimes we get the question, am I a narcissist? Oh my God. No, you're not. None of you no, are. No, no, stop no. it. You're, you're the empath. <laughs> that could be being tricked by the narcissist, right. but you're not the narcissist. No, okay. Stop it. I know them too. Okay. And this is what, and this one, I don't know even know if you could answer this question, but I'm fascinated by this stuff. Just like the listeners, I get fascinated too. That's why I actually on the way, like I said to yoga, I asked you this question, like, what if you get the narcissist? I was really interested in it. So how did that, if you can go back to that time and you, you knew you were, I guess you, just for safety's sake, you were telling this guy, okay, I have to tell he him. He had to get out of the house. You know, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, but you were telling him like yeah. what he had to hear. Right. And almost like going along with his, whatever, his vision of the world. Yeah. My, my question now is how does that impact your relationship with spirit Bad. And, and your guides? Not good. 
Okay. Not so, good. That was a fallout moment for me. So after that's over, yeah. and forget about him, you know, whatever. He, you no, know, that's, he's, that's he's done. a and lesson. He's a lesson. He was a lesson And I think he me. actually did try to get a hundred after, no, which is crazy. And talk about apathy. I had to completely block him, ignore him. Like he, it was too much. Right. It was really well, scary. So what happened? So, yeah, so I don't even care about that right now. What yeah. I care, what I want to really know now is, so now between you and Spirit. Yeah. So this happened. What do they, do they tell you something? Do they give you a, like, um, help with that? Did, or like meaning, you know what I'm saying? Like, there do, were, they, do yes. they give you like tips? Like, okay, if this ever happens to you again, this is what you do. Or- well, first off, I knew I screwed up because I didn't listen to my intuition okay. uh, with the red flags at the beginning. Um, probably because at the time I didn't trust myself. I was like, oh, you know, he's, yeah. he seems like a nice guy. He's a hero in the community. Come on. You know, like, what's the right, big but, deal? But deep down, you knew. Deep down, looking you back, yeah. looking back, I knew. You knew. I had gut feelings, and I ignored them. I was earlier on in my practice, too. You know, I'm still learning. Yeah, I'm not course. perfect. I'm learning now. I'm always learning and evolving. And also, you got to understand, in my own personal life, I've had very close relationships with a narcissistic person that has created... A, a weird survival sympathy towards them, or, you know. I think right. a lot of us can relate. So uh, I used to be more trick, trickable, I guess, at at that time. But I used him as a lesson. But no, it, when you betray yourself by not listening to your intuition and putting your relationship with self, source, spirit first before pleasing someone else, there's a fallout. And I do remember after that, I had to take some time. Not to, and I just, I stopped, I paused. I was, I took a major pause and I reflected and I rehashed and I was mean to myself. And I was like, oh my God, like, I, this, this is a, this has to be a learning moment. Cause that could have, that was so bad mm-hmm. that that could have made me quit even yeah. this whole thing. No, I, and I do remember there were times where, you, you did want to throw in, you know, say, Hey, I'm, 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 not, I'm not doing this. Yeah. You know, I, I don't need to do this. Right. Um, but because I listened to spirit first and my own connection with spirit, then I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm much, much better. I'm, I'm always learning, but that part I've gotten, yeah. real, I'm proud of myself. I've gotten real Definitely. good with no, that. No, no, a thousand times. But the overall vibe of a narcissist is they will try to, they think they're amazing and they think they're a victim. Okay. So anything that happens to them, to them, isn't their fault. And anything happens because of them, it's because they're like amazing. So th- and I said this before on the podcast, 99.9% of the people I read, when I go into their energy, they know they feel like there's something wrong with them. I get insecurities. I mean, that's all of us. That's also a normal person. So I'll read, you know, I get a picture of your husband or your girlfriend or like your whatever. And immediately I'm like, oh, they feel this way about themselves. Oh my gosh, there's this. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. When I read somebody with the narcissistic tendencies, like the big ones, the bad ones, immediately I'm, I'm a pillar of this community. Like, everyone's mean to me. I don't do anything wrong. I'm a victim in a world that's just attacking me. You're like that. Right. And they don't they don't have any connection with their own personal responsibility or their own secret issues that they're trying to hide. They really think that they're great. And, and, yeah, and are they actually ridiculously broken and insecure? Yes. But they're separated from that. Most of us... 
are insecure and some of us are broken inside, but we're not as separated from it. And narcissist, when I say it's like a little, I feel, I see their inner child locked inside of them, crying to me to get out. That's what it feels like to read a narcissist. That's what it feels like to love a narcissist. Cause you're trying to get to that baby inside them that needs you, but they don't let you anywhere near it. And other people do let you near it. Okay. Well, that's extreme. Really deep. Yeah. Really deep. All right. We're really deep here. All right. But what this show is all about is, you know, what we do this is to give you the tools to yes. help you, whether it be to help with your intuition, you know, your psychic abilities, to see colors or whatever it may be. But we also want to give you the tools here to fight against these narcissists. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk about when you're going to do a couple of ads. And then when you come back, we're going to talk about how not to feed into it, right? How to be apathetic to the narcissist. And if you can do that, that can go a long way in stopping them in their tracks. You can take action today for a healthier tomorrow with Everly Well. Their at-home lab tests and vitamins and supplements can help you get the knowledge and support you need so you can become a healthier you. Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test. Everly Well also has high-quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health. Choose from a variety of options, including vitamin D3 and omega-3 fish oil. Here's how it works. Everly Well ships products straight to you with everything needed in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days, and you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide next steps. If you ordered vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. It's so simple. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly well to support their health and wellness goals and you can too i've taken the uh, the food sensitivity test it really opened my eyes <laughs> to a lot of things i'm sensitive to and i didn't realize it and now i take um their vitamin d3 uh vitamin which is great it's delivered right to me and um it's just so simple and for listeners of the show everly well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash KYA. That's everlywell.com slash KYA for 20% off your next at-home lab test, everlywell.com slash KYA. Having a teenage daughter, you know, I've been talking a lot about prioritizing the health of our hair and our scalp. Uh, Ways new products have given me such an easy and effective go-to hair and scalp routine. Ways new scalp serum and thick and full supplements are a complete solution for promoting the appearance of thicker, fuller, healthier hair. The scalp serum is really great because, and I use it with my daughter too, because, you know, just all the things you do to your hair, all the brushing, all the braiding, all the ponytails and whatnot. Since using the scalp serum, I've noticed that my scalp feels healthier, that it, my hair looks a lot healthier. And I just feel good about using it. My daughter has been using it and she's, she says the same thing. We, we use it at night. We put it in our hair before we go to sleep and consistency is really the key. We've been using these for a few months now and we've noticed our hair looks thicker and, and feels a lot better. 
So Waze Scalp Serum is a daily scalp serum that can be used day or night with wet or dry hair. It soothes irritation from those tight ponytails and excessive hair detangling, keeps your hair feeling stronger and looking fuller through a healthy, hydrated, balanced scalp. It contains skincare-inspired ingredients such as hyaluronic acid and adaptogens. It's safe for color-treated hair like mine and chemical-treated hair, and it's only vegan, gluten-free, and uh, cruelty-free ingredients. So grow all the way with Waze Scalp Serum and their Thick and Full Supplements. Go to the way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code Aura to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at the way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code Aura. Let's talk about how to starve a narcissist. Okay. Apathy and the narcissist. This is something that I've learned (laughs) and it did not come easily. This is something that I've seen in my readings. This is something I've just seen. So let's talk about it. First off, let's talk about what narcissists are. Am I a professional? No, I am not. Not a doctor. I'm not a professional. I'm not anything like that. But what I see with narcissists um, is it's a spectrum. I don't feel like anybody's born this way. I feel like our society creates them and we make choices. We all make a choice. And when you choose to live 100% in your ego, which a small percentage of people do, you quite possibly are a narcissist. Um, These are people that never leave that perspective. Do we all have times in our life where we've been narcissistic? Of course, we're humans. And I'm not talking about like you went through something or you just had a day or, or a week or a month or whatever. I'm talking about this is a way of life. This is patterns of behavior over and over again, which affect other people and bring other people into it. This is really a way of life. That's why I, I feel like in my own energetic opinion here, um, with narcissism, we can pick out specific traits for diagnosing them because it's an ego thing. Because really, you're just dealing with somebody who's completely identified by their ego and no longer their soul identity. That's why a lot of us get stuck in loving relationships with narcissists where we love them because we can separate, a lot of us empath auras can separate our ability to feel other people's true selves, their higher selves, and we separate that person from their actions and behaviors and their narcissistic tendencies. So I don't worry so much about diagnosing somebody. Are they narcissist? Are they not? If somebody's getting you to the point where your whole identity is wrapped up in pleasing them, serving them, creating their reality, making their own perception true for them, and it's a conditional love, meaning they won't love you unless you're doing these things or accept you, that's that's a big red flag. So that's my interpretation of narcissism. Um, Empaths, my interpretation of empaths. Uh, by the way, I'm stuck with these words. I'm stuck with narcissism as a word. I'm stuck with empath as a word because I don't know, there's not new ones. And I probably (laughs) wish I could, uh, create my own vocab, but I can't. So I notice when I'm out there, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'll see other social media clips of people talking about narcissism or empaths. And I'm like, yeah, that's not 
what I mean. That's why I have to redefine it before we get into it according to my interpretation, how I see things. You see things your way. That's great. Take what you like. Leave the rest. I just have to redefine it for you. So let me redefine um, what empaths are. Empaths are people who uh, you feel other people's feelings as your own to the extent that it creates altercations in your own behavior to accommodate those other people's feelings and uh, opinions and thoughts or whatever. Um, The relationship between the narcissist and the empath, and I talk about this in episode four, the recovering empath is until you're aware that you do feel other people's feelings, thoughts, opinions, emotions as your own, until you're aware you do that, you can get manipulated by it, by people that think that's great and they can use that to their own advantage which happen to be narcissists um here's the deal narcissists eat attention that is their food okay and not just any attention all right attention that comes at the price of your own identity that is their food attention to the point where it is scraped up from within you and given to them. The attention that feeds them starves you. So it's a very specific type of attention narcissists eat. It comes with the condition you can't be you anymore. The relationship between the empath and the narcissist, when you're an unaware empath, meaning you don't understand that you're actually feeling other people's thoughts and feelings and emotions as your own, you tend to need constant approval because for whatever reason you've been programmed, um, be it by society or, well, definitely by society and and even worse, family, that your worth is external and you're actually borrowing now all your self-worth and your love and your feelings of worthiness from other people's thoughts, feelings, and emotions that aren't yours. Um, When when unaware empaths give this out, they become great food for the narcissist. Okay. Narcissists need constant attention to feed on and unaware empaths give that opportunity constantly because they can't find that source within themselves, which is really a connection to self and spirit. That's what we all have to find. But if you don't understand that about yourself and you're an unaware empath, you're looking for it on the outside. And it's just like basically a all-you-can-eat buffet for the narcissist of energy. Narcissists do not care if the attention they receive is positive or negative. They'll eat either. They don't care. The thing that makes it unique to a narcissist is the way it hurts you to give it. So whether you're hating on someone big or loving on someone big, if it is taking you away from you and it's becoming this whole, you're living outside yourself doing it, That that's pretty, that's something to pay attention to because they love it. Because what is attention? Attention is power. You have such power in your attention. It took me years to realize this. I am still learning it. It gives me chills just trying to, I'm right there with you right now, screaming at you, your attention is power. And you have that right now at your disposal. What you give your attention to, it grows positive or negative in your life. You may have given your attention to many things, positive and negative, whatever it has been, it has grown. I can think of a million tiny little metaphors for this. 
but I'll give you one. <laughs> um, when you put something out in your view, let's say it's a plant. You always forget to water. Okay. That's, this is me. If I put that plant on the table in my view, in my line of view every day, I won't forget to water it. But if it's out of sight, I'll forget. It's the same thing with your attention. If something is, if you put it in your mind's eye, if you put it out there, if you just take a minute every day to just think about it, it will grow. It will, it will get better. It will be worked on harder. If you think about, um, I don't know, I do yoga. So sometimes the yoga instructor will say, you know, in a, in a difficult pose, they'll be like, hey, send breath to your right hip right now. And you're like, oh, it's like just that attention. Just that attention, just thinking, oh yeah, I have a right hip. Ooh, it relaxes right away. You know, when you put energy somewhere, it immediately shifts it and changes it. But if you were programmed to spend more energy on negative things because your worth is a healer and a healer alone, it's easy. It's easier to get snatched up by a narcissist because it always starts off positive, but then they kind of make you chasing your tail all the time. You know, like it always starts off great with a narcissist. Like, oh my God, they put you on a pedestal. Like you never, oh my, this is the most love I've ever gotten. You're the best. You're a savior. And then all of a sudden it's like, mm, not quite. You, you're always chasing that attention high with them after a while. So your attention is your power and you can stop feeding the narcissists in your life attention via apathy. So the narcissist wants the type of attention which halts your own life, the type of attention which gives you nothing, the type of attention which actually hurts you and puts you at a deficit. This is not the type of attention that's like a polite applause after a performance or a thank you note. It's not giving someone, hey, congratulations, that was awesome, okay? Like normal people just need that or, or someone who is interested in what you say. Like that, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about this all-consuming, identity-absorbing, inside-out becoming, existing only for them. If you have been in a relationship with a narcissist, you know what that feels like. Who the frick am I if I am not for them? And today, we are going to learn how to starve a narcissist. And a normal person, okay, maybe they're just like, I don't know, they're not narcissists. They're not a narcissist. They're just slightly narcissistic, or maybe they're just full of themselves, or they're self-centered, which is different than being a narcissist. We'll call them normal people. Normal just tough personalities. When they're met with apathy, they don't really react. They just go away. So that's, so prepare yourself because when you start giving the narcissist in your life apathy, I mean, you're going to, you're going to get it. You're going to get some backlash. And, and that kind of actually doubles down on the fact that they are narcissists because a normal person doesn't, they're like, whatever. And they just go on. A narcissist puts up a fight. Um, the narcissist will eventually move on, but not before they punish you for it and tell everybody that you're crazy and, you know, send all their flying monkeys after you and everything else. So let's face it. If you are entangled up with a narcissist, you will feel their wrath. There is no easy way out, but here's the deal. You either stay in and play their game and, and live inside out your whole life and struggle. You can do that forever or you struggle now. You feed them nothing, and then eventually they will go away. I promise they will go away because they have to eat. <laughs> they have to eat. And um, 
when they can't eat your positive attention, they'll try to eat your negative attention. If they're, if you're not giving them negative attention, they, they, they'll starve. They go away. They got to find new food. Pep talk. Your attention is yours. It's not anyone else's. Your attention is precious. You decide where to give it. I don't care who it's for. This is your attention. You make eye contact with somebody, you say hello to somebody, you give a minute of your day to somebody. That's precious. It really is. So because it's so precious, because you're so precious, and because you have a responsibility to spirit to carry out the wonderful things you're meant to do here, it's part of your personal responsibility to make sure that you give your attention to the right places. Took me a long time to realize that's not selfish. That's actually important. That's actually what spirit wants you to do. It's not mean. So energy that you give through your attention is what makes things grow. So feeding it to the right places, it's essential. Any amount of attention you have is powerful. People fight for your attention all over the place. Industries fighting your attention. Okay. That's how powerful you are and your attention. So so just decide where to give it. Um, Even the thoughts you have. Okay. Even if it's not like fully expressed with words, even the thoughts you have are attention and give power to the things they're directed towards thoughts. Thoughts make our reality, right? We can shift our reality. We talked about that last week. So here's the deal though. When we think, we can't tell ourselves to stop thinking. That's impossible. So I don't want you to get all stressed out if you, at this point, if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about negative things or I'm thinking about this negative person or I'm thinking about the narcissist too much. It's okay because you're going to, we're You're going to go through it and that's okay, but you can begin to give attention to think even little by little about things in different ways. It's a habit. takes time to form a habit to think differently, ways which are more constructive. So instead of giving attention the way you did by obsessing, what are they thinking? What are they doing now? Where are they going? What are they posting? Well, who are they talking to? What's their game? Take a minute. Be like, oh, I'm doing it. And I'm going to start saying, uh, I'm going to use all those thoughts now for self-reflection. You know, we go to therapy, we journal, we process our own needs. And even thinking about the thinking, wow, why am I thinking so much about this person? What's going on with me? What does that person represent to me? What are the feelings that I take from that? What's the worth in there? And see what you can gain just by having a reflection about yourself, having these thoughts that don't seem to end. Over time, I promise they will settle And you'll probably get a a lot of amazing insights because you're doing that meta thinking. So that's the first thing you can do. Because I never want you to sit there and be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to fix it with obsessive thoughts? And this isn't, this starts in our mind, all right? The starving, the narcissist starts in our mind. And instead of thinking about them, it's like, what does me thinking about them actually mean about me? That's where you go first. And it's going to take time. And we're going to have slip-ups and it's okay because you're shifting your attention. And and just doing that, I promise you, is so helpful and healing for you. And But you're going to start seeing your own patterns when you miss them, when you're angry at them. How you feel empty in your life now that they're gone. Oh my gosh, what the heck does that mean? What parts of me needed them? Because those are wounded parts. And how can I start to heal those wounded parts on my own? And when you do this, you get... You get closer to self. You get closer to spirit. And when I say spirit, you can change that with whatever word you want. I like spirit because it's universal, but you can say God, you can say the universe, whatever word you want, replace that with that. But we get closer to that because that's inside of us. And the narcissist always took us away from that. 
So our underlying causes are going to be revealed when we start being really mindful of our thoughts. And that's the first way we're going to shift. That's the first way we're going to start starving the narcissist. Apathy is really the end goal. That's the way you stop the game with the narcissist. What is the game? The game is that they are the most powerful person in the room. The game is that they are the one that gets all the energy, all the attention, all the everything. They are the sun and we revolve around them. That's the game. I was talking to my friend and she's going through this terrible time with a narcissist in her own life. And she just told me, she's like, I just had this revelation. This is so good. That's why I'm sharing this with you all. She said, I had this revelation. It just came to me. She said, you know what? He's better at this than I am. He is just better at it than I am. (laughs) And what she meant was this screwed up game narcissists play or they're playing, they're playing chess and you're playing checkers, you know, like they're, they're better at it, but you want to be good at it. That's the game too, making you feel insecure, unworthy, unintelligent, pathetic. But you know what? Walk away from the game. I'm not playing the game. Because you know what? Yeah, that is your game. You win. You win. You win your game. I don't want to play that game anyways. Your game's stupid. <laughs> I play my own game, and that's apathy. And kind of just accepting that narcissists are playing it better than you. But you know what? You can still beat their game by just not playing it. They will always win the game because it's their game, but they need you to play it. They can't win if you don't play, and they need to win. That's why they're going to find another player when you stop playing. What are you engaged with in this game? The second you figure that out, they lose. What was the game giving you? And the second you're like, oh my gosh, it was giving me this. No matter how vulnerable you have to go or how sad at yourself you think that is, it's okay. You need to figure that out and stop playing. But... The best way out of the game is apathy. Apathy does take time. What is apathy? Apathy is defined as the lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. It's a blank space in your emotional bandwidth. When you are apathetic towards someone, you stop playing a game. You are choosing to take away your attention to this person, their games, their actions, and feelings. You are basically just a black hole of emotion to them. Apathy is very difficult for an empath to do. It is. It's hard, but you can get there, but it is hard. But you, just because you're programmed to feel other feelings as your own doesn't mean you have to care. So the thing what I notice with apathy is it's supposed to be like, oh, I don't care. And it's like, it's hard because our whole lives as empaths, we are, we, I don't know, we feel other people's stuff. So it's like, we do care because we feel it anyways. But there is a distinction. You can be like, you know what? I do feel it, but I don't care. (laughs) It's not my responsibility. Will I feel it? Yeah. Do I have to fix it? No. It's kind of like, this is another metaphor here. It's kind of like nowadays, I don't know if you're a mom, you get this. When I hear a baby crying, it took me a long time (laughs) because now my my babies are bigger now. They don't cry. But when I hear like an infant crying, oh my gosh, it's my problem. Oh, what's going on? What do they need? Now... I hear a baby crying when I'm in a restaurant or whatever. It's like, oh, you know, it's not my problem, you know? I'm like, and I don't, like, it's not that I don't care. Like, obviously, I want the baby not to cry. It's bad. Maybe this is a bad metaphor. It's just, 
I don't like, I don't have to fix it. You know, it's like, okay. So you're going to feel these narcissist feelings and stuff and all their thoughts and all their wounded inner child stuff. Like, help me please. And it's not like you don't, it's not that you don't feel it. It's just like all of a sudden it's just this responsibility of fixing it is gone. You're just like, ah, someone else's problem, not mine. And it's just like, you just walk by like nothing. We are taught that that's nasty. We are taught that that's mean. We are taught that that's selfish. But if the person who expects you to give them your concern and healing is so awful to you and needs you to give them your concern and healing at the expense of your own identity and and self-evolution and they don't care about you. They don't care about anything except what you can do for them. Like, actually, it's mean to give them attention. Actually, it's not nice to be nice to narcissists because you're taking all this energy from the better places where you're supposed to spend it. Took me a long time. It's a long time to get there, but we can all get there. And sometimes just hearing this like unlocks, it unlocks the programming. All right. So caring is what you do because you were taught, you were taught, okay, that's my job. That's my role. That's my way of being worthy. And, and you can care from a distance. You can wish them love and light. Like, I wish you love and light. But you can also put a wall between them and you, meaning you don't have to fix it or care to the point it affects your own well-being. And like I said, this takes practice. All right. Narcissists cannot stand apathy. It is the thing which will actually bother them in a fundamental and deep way. So much so that when you just start to display apathy towards them, they will create such a force of negative attention and they will send it your way in an attempt to get you to crack. Random, I am recording this and it started thundering. So that's, if you hear that in the background, I apologize. But I'm on a roll and I can't stop. We got to keep going here. Okay. Um, we know that the narcissist, when they can't control you, they'll control the narrative around you, how others perceive you. And because of this at times, it will be necessary to extend your apathy to the people around them who get wrapped up in that. And it's very unfortunate and it's sad, um, but it's it's something that will probably happen. This may be friends. It's really hard when it's family, maybe family. Sometimes it's your own kids. I mean, I've seen narcissists destroy families because because of this. It's, it, they're, they're like a disease and it's awful. And I always think to myself, like in a normal world, in a normal family, you know, cause I'll see so many people get shut out, black sheep, all this stuff by their own children, by, I mean, just all, it's, it's terrible. In a normal family, like for me, I, I, I try to like bring it back home. Like, let's say somebody who I had a problem with. Okay, still wanted to have a relationship with somebody else I loved. Would I try to stop that? And as long as they weren't like abusive or you know what I mean or something like that, like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stop that. Because that's controlling and that's my own stuff projected on somebody else's relationship. Well, narcissists, that's what they do. And they also attach loyalty to love. You can't talk to them, otherwise, that means you don't love me like what but they do this with more than one person it's like everyone anybody they have a problem with if you don't have a problem with them you're disloyal flying monkeys is a term to use 
um, is a term used to describe the unaware empaths who narcissists employ to do their bidding. So they're flying monkeys, which are like friends or family members or whatever. Uh, these are the extensions of the narcissist. And in an attempt to stay loyal with quotes around it and get the love from the narcissist, they'll, they'll come after you too. And they'll pass around misinformation about you all in an attempt. It's all, honestly, it's just because they want approval from the narcissist. That's all. It, it, it's hard. And, you know, I had a reading not too long ago. It was really sad. This mom, I was reading uh, an adult woman, but her, her mother was a narcissist. And the mom really set her two daughters against each other. And I got all this stuff. It was really sad just how the sister felt about um, the woman I was reading who was her sister. And she's like, yeah, my mom made me be like that to her. So that's why she hates me because I was a flying monkey to my mother and I said, you know, she felt really guilty and horrible about it. And she's distanced herself from her mother. And she just felt really bad about what she did to her sister because of what her mom made her do because she was just trying to get mommy's love. And she she had reached out to her sister and apologized, but the sister wasn't hearing it. She wasn't ready to accept it. She, she couldn't get over it. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's really awful that the mom did that to her kids because this, this woman was holding on to it and, and her other daughter was too. And because in a real, in a narcissist world, there's only one relationship everybody can have. And it's a relationship with the narcissist. Like there, you can't have relationships with other people. There can't be like side, side relationships going on. So I'll often see sibling issues because of a narcissistic parent, but it was just really sad. And I just, you know, just spirits advice to her was like, listen, you reached out, kept the door open. You apologized. You took responsibility for it. And that's, there's, unfortunately there's nothing much else you can do until she's ready. And when she's ready, and she wants to tell you about it, you got to listen. And then after that, hopefully there's some healing that can be done. It, it's really, it's hard. So flying monkeys, we have to extend apathy sometimes towards them too, but also with pity because you know they're just in the same spot you were. They're just trying not to get shut out and they're unaware empaths. So how does this apathy thing actually work? If you can walk away completely from a narcissist, like block them, lose their number, um, and you know, what, if they're a friend or an ex, you know, you, sometimes you gotta, yeah, you gotta dump a whole friend group or whatever. I mean, it's going to work better than if you're related to them or like co-parenting with them or something. Um, then it's hard. It's harder. I think it's hard either way, but it can be really hard when you still have to have a link with them for some reason. In this case, it's something that you have to work on and work on often. Apathy is something that for an empath can feel mean, but that's why establishing like we're trying to do that you're doing this because your attention is a gift and a precious resource from spirit to be reserved for the people and places who actually benefit from it is necessary. So if you're in a family relationship or a co-parenting relationship or something or some narcissist in your life can't be completely cut off for some reason, you have to remind yourself of that often. And this is how you act out apathy with a narcissist. First off, narcissists play games. So the more engaged you are with them, the more you're dealing with it. There is therefore a need with a narcissist to step away before responding. In any scenario, no matter what is going on, take a moment and step away from what was just said to you or presented to you or texted to you or whatever. They like to drop a bomb on you in person. Sometimes they like to get you in a moment. So you're going to have to practice taking your own moment Walking away, even if you look like an absolute psychopath doing it, like just turning around, turning on your, spinning on your heel and going to the bathroom for a minute, just do that um, before you respond. 
because they're going to try to hit you in the ego, like sucker punch you. They're going to try to get your reaction because again, they want that negative attention. That is their food. All right. That's their food and you can't feed them. So you have to turn on your heel and you got to walk away and you got to find the best way to apathetically deal with them. <laughs> walking away. Um, is this more, is this, is this harder to do than, than I'm saying? Sure. But we do our best. Debrief yourself. Ask yourself what your options are. Try to move forward in your own self-interest. Like I said, if you're related to them or you're stuck with them for some reason, this is harder and not always easy. Sometimes you got to live in your own bubble. So apathy happens in your own bubble, meaning, okay, they just said that to me, but I realize what my reality is versus their reality. And I'm just going to move on. I don't have to convince them of my reality. I do not have to step into their reality if they're playing this game and they're painting me a certain way in, in their own head or to my kids or to my... Okay. I can't do anything about that. I'm going to do for me still. Number two, self-advocacy. You are the most important person here to protect. If there are kids, they are too. So there is a need to reprioritize, maybe daily, your list of what your own actions are. Taking a moment and asking yourself, hey, what's in the best interest of me and any other innocence? What's in the best interest? What I notice is in many empaths, even if you cannot stand this person, even if you hate them, that's not apathy. There's a quote. I'm going to forget who said it, but the opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy. We're going for apathy here. Um, if you hate somebody, that's not apathy. All right. And that's food for the narcissist. And it doesn't feel good either. <laughs> okay. When this happens, when you're starting to feel hateful, you can still be protecting them in some ego hijacked way, which is what I say when, I don't know, the ego comes in and hijacks you and your empath abilities actually still are there protecting the narcissist and their need for this very sad narrative for some reason. What does that look like? You find yourself making sure that they don't hear a difficult thing or you allow yourself to be a bad guy in a situation so they can be the good guy. I see this mostly in people who are co-parenting with a narcissist. The narcissist will make up some inane, ridiculous rule up. The kid broke it and then you're supposed to back them up because... That's what people do, right? Like I made this rule, uh, I don't know, no chips in bed. And they came home and they had chips in their bed. And now we are moving together with a punishment. And actually it's your weekend with the kids. So they're grounded. Uh, no, it's not my rule. That's your rule. Well, then you're a bad parent and you don't back me up. You don't back me up in co-parenting. I'm going to tell everybody that you don't back me up, that you're not a good mother, that you're inconsistent, that you let the kids be slobs. Okay. Okay. That's it. I see this happen all the time because when it goes the other way, now all of a sudden they just manipulated you to protect them so that now you're the bad guy to the kids and you just got totally manipulated by their, by their agenda. And you're still, you're calling it co-parenting, but it's not. And I'm sure if you've been in a co-parenting situation, you've got much worse stories than that one. <laughs> much worse because you know what they're doing. All right. So you got to be careful you're not still protecting them in some ego hijacked way. Uh, I see this most, like I said, people who are co-parenting with narcissists. Um, so ask yourself, do I like that rule? Do I care about that rule? Is that a rule I even support? 
can I support that in a different way? <laughs> They'll use vehicles for you to align with them and their interests and call it something like, oh, being a good parent or having good character or something. That's like an ideal outside of themselves. They pretend they possess. And then they get you like involved in it. You know, walk away from that. You don't let it go and do what's best for you and your own self-interest. And if it's in the interest of the kids, their self-interest too. Don't worry about being a certain way on paper. And this is usually a really subconscious thing. And, and another thing to remind yourself is you are in control. Reminders, you are in control. Taking that moment, asking yourself, what is in my control right now? And how can I do what I want right now? Take This is all the things I know they need me to do and what I what they want me to do and how they're trying to manipulate me right now, which takes time to process. That's why you got to step away sometimes for a while and ask yourself, what what is in my control and what do I need to do? Narcissists want to take away your control. They like you to feel like you are in a spot where you are doing something stuck for them. They're amazing at get you, getting you in between a rock and a hard place. They make up a whole scenario or situation where it's logical for you to do what they want you to do. Ask yourself, what would you do if this person didn't exist and their opinions weren't here at all? Take them out of the equation. What if they didn't exist? What would you do? Um, if you feel like you don't care, if you have feelings, ask yourself, where are these, I'm sorry, if you feel like you do care, okay, and if you are having feelings, ask yourself, where are these feelings stemming from? Nine times out of 10, the narcissist just figured out your insecurity and your weakness and exploited it. Maybe you're someone who's worried that people don't take you seriously, and then they make a whole scenario where all your friends are doubting what you've said in life, and you start to feel defensive and scared. Is that something that's real or something they constructed on purpose to get you? Maybe your whole life people took things from you, took credit away from your voice, and all of a sudden you notice you're combating a narrative with people you love because they see things the narcissist way and they're doubting your side of the story and doubting the amazing things you've done and said and accomplished. Again, the narcissist is constructing your insecurities out in the world for you to live in. It's like a horror movie, and they are amazing at constructing this like world for you to live in. Narcissists know your weakness. And they will construct it for you in real life. They will play out a narrative where you are living your worst insecurity. Therefore, know your own insecurities. Get comfy with them. Know your weaknesses. Get cozy. Get friendly with them. Because the narcissists will poke at these and create situations where you have to break your own apathetic streak to, com to combat it. Don't and, and another thing is don't ask them questions. Okay. <laughs> Just don't. Remember, you don't care anymore, okay? So who are they dating? Maybe it's an ex. What are they doing in the hospital in their vague social media post? What did they mean when they randomly told our mutual friend whatever they just told them? Why, why did they tell the kids that they're going away for the weekend? Where, where are they going? You don't care. Remind yourself, oh, I don't care. I don't care. They're feeding. They're... They do these things so they can feed off my care, okay? So ask your, so don't ask questions, okay? And if you start to ask questions, ask yourself questions about why you're asking questions. Hey, why do I care? Because that's really about me and not about them at all. And when you find yourself doing this because you will, just ask yourself, hey, where can I redirect attention now? Where can I put it somewhere else? Okay. 
we're not going to feed. Um, it's kind of like, don't feed the birds. Don't feed the narcissists. <laughs> That's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> Just like that flock of seagulls that comes around and steals your French fries, you give them one French fry and they just, they're relentless. Okay. So you can't give them French fries and I make light of it. It's actually really awful and horrific, but I really feel like if we can laugh about it and we can all unite together and just laugh at the narcissists, you guys are so funny. They really just disintegrate in front of us because they're so serious about themselves. So I hope this helped you. Apathy. We're not feeding the narcissists. Hey, Scotty. Hey guys. All right. So this episode was a lot to digest. Yeah. You know, it might take you some time. You might, some people I tell me they listen to these, your speeches over and over and over again. Mm. It takes a long time, some time to sink in. Or it they, takes me a long time. Like, yeah. I've been, like, oh. I've been, like a lifelong thing for me too. Oh no. Yeah. For me, I'm still trying to get like episode, the episodes in the seventies. <laughs> like I'm way behind everyone else. No, I mean, you know, I, I guess it's a journey we're all on together. Yeah. And you, know? and you go at your own pace. You totally yeah. go. We appreciate when you share the episodes. Yes. We really do. That means a lot to us. Yeah. So if you do feel, you know, we have a great, obviously group, Facebook group. Oh, and gosh, if you know yeah. anyone that you feel might benefit from that yeah, uh, or would really benefit from this episode that we just did, we also have some other episodes that we yeah. did on narcissism. Here's some other episodes. If, if this is new to you and you're like, what is this empath thing? That's interesting. Episode 110, the empath starter pack. Okay. That's just, I redid that one too. Um, specifically for kind of the intro to what all this means to recovering empath. I mean, a huge download I had a long time ago. Episode 91, I had a spiritual down... It's about gaslighting. I had a spiritual download while I was recording that episode. <laughs> this one was by and far... This was a life changer for me. And I and a lot of people who listened were like, oh my God. So episode 91. Yeah, I would say of all the episodes that we've done. Yeah. And, you know, if... This is the one. Like if you're if you're dealing with something with like narcissism or something in that realm, this changed my life. This this is the life change. Like this was the download. It changed. Like when I don't say that lightly, it changed my life. Yeah. Um, episode eighty three. I talk about narcissistic empaths. How empath empathic people can't be narcissistic. Mm -hmm. And episode sixty two. Children of narcissists. Okay. So those are just like I have other ones too, but I just pulled those out in case you're curious to listen back on some other episodes. All right. Well, this podcast is for you and about you, and we're so glad you spent some time with us today. Take care.